Welcome to Entrepreneur Mindset Reset, the podcast for entrepreneurs who want to learn from fellow business owners how to decrease the chaos and increase their sense of fulfillment while becoming more profitable. I'm your host, Tracy Trapeski. I'm an executive coach and consultant and leadership development expert. I'm also mom to two amazing teenagers and a menagerie of adopted furry family members. In each episode, we explore challenges, opportunities, and actionable tips to help you take control of your time and energy and improve your bottom line while staying true to your vision. You'll hear from me and my guests how we've tackled some of the pitfalls and unexpected surprises that entrepreneurship delivers. We're the real deal, and we're here to inspire and encourage you. Let's dive in. Hi, everyone. Thanks for tuning in today for a new episode of Entrepreneur Mindset Reset, the podcast where entrepreneurs just like you and me learn how to take back their time and master their mindset to overcome obstacles to their success. You may know that I'm fascinated with all things leadership. I am always seeking ways to learn and observe how different people lead, how it impacts their organizations, and I'm always on the lookout for emerging patterns. Today's guest studies leadership from a very scientific perspective, and our conversation is so interesting. I know I'll be geeking out over it for hours, so let's just dive right in. Today, I have the distinct pleasure of speaking with the brilliant and insightful Don Schmink of Saga Leadership and Growth Alliance. Don comes from the world of planetary physics and biomed research, so it makes total sense that he's now a leadership trainer, right? Well, once you listen, it'll make so much sense to you. And I'm not kidding when I say I'm geeking out over the wisdom he drops about leadership styles, patterns over time, and just his general knowledge and understanding of human nature and how to bring out the best in people. You will not want to miss when he says that bureaucracy is the preliminary to death in a company. Listen carefully, especially if you're in a growth phase and looking to hire and expand your team. Think carefully about how you show up as a leader in your company. You may be as relieved as I am to hear that leadership styles seem to change about every 100 years due to physics. Now, I'm not a scientist, but the influence of quantum physics should not be ignored. I, for one, am happy to see some of these shifts in leadership happening now. The biggest piece of wisdom I took away personally is that perfection stops progress. Let me say it again. Perfection stops progress. Aim for 70 to 80% done and then just go for it. You can always adjust and make course corrections along the way. As a recovering perfectionist, hand in the air here, it was very encouraging to me to hear that such an accomplished, esteemed person also wrestles with perfectionism, so aims for 70% completion as the military does. And there's a great story with that. So listen closely to that. So let's get to it, shall we? Let's grab a beverage or a snack and settle in to listen to Don and his amazing journey. Hey, Don, it's so good to see you. Good to see you too. I'm glad that you're here today, and I'm excited to share your journey as we were warming up a little bit. I think we were touching on some really great points and maybe some, you know, that we'll just keep as green room talk, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> sure. but happy to have you here. And I'd love to start out by telling our listeners where you're located. Yeah, I'm in Baltimore, uh, although I'm in different cities. Usually I'm in two or three cities a week, mostly North America somewhere, um, but a couple of days a week I'm here. So home Baltimore. base is Baltimore. Yeah, very cool. I used to live in DC, so I know Baltimore relatively well. Mm-hmm. Um, used to take our kids to the aquarium there. 
a few times a year, hang out in the harbor. Very cool. Awesome. Well, I would love to share with our listeners what you do and how you decided to come to this as we were just talking about how you had been plugged into the university system and then left to do your own research on and share with leadership. So if you can tell us about that, I think that's a great starting point. Yeah, I, um, I left MIT when I was, I was doing planetary physics and I was doing a little bit with the AI uh, developments there many, many years ago. And, um, and then I uh, did some work with uh, the Harvard MIT Biomedical Lab. I automated that laboratory as part of, you know, what I was doing to pay for my, my education. And I started getting really fascinated with humans and, and how they're designed and all that. So what happens is I, um, I started at Hopkins and I started working and eventually teaching there and got really fascinated with human grouping behavior and my fascination led me to run into a number of managers and executives in the uh, MBA programs. And I started hearing a lot of the complaints about why management theory, but just wasn't working. I mean, the books were great and the bestsellers, but when they tried to make it happen, it, it was just high, these high failure rates. So I started doing scholarly research on that. And I found out that, yeah, wow, people are publishing articles on 70 to 90% failure rates on management theory. So they asked me, could I look at this scientifically? And um, I did. So I, I ventured off into, and Oxford University gave me great support, and as, as did Johns Hopkins. And uh, Oxford let me have an, uh, access and copyright to a 700-year-old management training program that was for the samurai. And so I wrote this book called The Code of the Executive. And I just thought it'd be a nice little small short treatise that could be used in my classes or some of the other professors would want to use it. But it took off into like a dozen languages and and years later it's still it's still being sold. So I thought, whoa, what just happened here? And that led me to think, well, why is it working? And what are the medical understandings of this you know what are the evolutionary designs of our species and can we apply more of that so i ended up leaving uh hopkins and i started my own teaching and and, uh, institute and consulting practice and we started growing sales of companies two or three times sometimes 10 times Uh, we went and and saved companies that were on the ropes we uh we did yeah and our clients were stayed with us for 10 years or you know, more until they sold their businesses. So I found it a great laboratory to work with companies and entrepreneurs to apply these techniques, see which ones work, which ones don't. And um, yeah, and so it's, it's been a kick because I love teaching and I love researching. And this ended up where I, I, uh, where I ended up. <laughs> it wasn't planned. I just got here like, like that. You just kept following the thing that you love doing, which I think is really a great point for our listeners to kind of key into, right? That you, you just kept doing the thing that you liked, maybe even loved. And when we do that, when we lead with our heart and bring our brains with us, as I like to remind my clients sometimes, like we can't be all passion. We got to bring some of our smarts with us too. There's a lot that can develop into a business model, whether it looks anything like you thought it would you know, in the beginning now, I know my business model looks a lot different, almost 12 years in, you know, I think that it's really cool that you got to go and study this and bring this forward. And 
you know, I'm, I'm still processing that you had a 700 year old management manual that, yeah. that sparked all of this. Like, that's really fascinating. Yeah. Yeah. It was uh, totally accidental. And since then, it really inspired me to do more, more expeditions in remote regions, uh, do a lot more filming and uh, interviewing of uh, mm-hmm. different cultures and, and some were in dangerous regions, some weren't, but it, it, I learned something from everyone that I met. And so, you know, a lot of that became a good foundation for me when I, when I train CEOs and, and entrepreneurs and, and I put them in these workshops, I can validate everything. It's not like a theory. It's like, here's the actual field data. Here's the case study of where it worked and how sales went up or performance went up in the company. Here's the medical research behind it now because we now know why it's worked. So it, there's a lot of validation that's able to support the concepts that, that we developed. Really interesting. Do you find in your travels that there are common threads for successful leaders? Yeah, I, I uh, interesting you said that. Uh, there's common threads in the problems that leaders mm-hmm. have. And like I have this three-hour workshop that I do for um, for business owners and, and CEOs, and I, I probably do maybe sixty of these a year. And they're small workshop groups, so I might train seven hundred, I guess, seven hundred to a thousand CEOs and entrepreneurs a year in these workshops. And what's interesting is when I start off, I look at what their biggest problems are, and then they tell me, you know, here's the issue I'm having. It's how to hire and retain better talent, how to be more competitive, how to deal with you know, shifts in the, in the markets, et cetera. So I uh, then show them a chart that I had developed over 10 or 15 years of collecting this data. And I said, you know, you are telling me the same thing the past 20,000 people have told me. So I think there is a theme here. And then I go into the ancient research. And I, and I pull out that book that we discussed. And um, I said, look at the chapters of what they were training on. And it was a lot of the same issues. So the insight there is if we are sharing so much globally, and it's so ancient the problems we're having, could this be an artifact of our species? Could this be something biological? And mm-hmm. so that's what turned me on. And I just you know, spent now a long time answering that question. <laughs> wow. I'm guessing the answer is yes. There's a lot yes. of brain research in there. Yeah. Really interesting. Gosh, seven, you know, 700 plus, however, you know, however long this has been going on. And in my mind, you know, I'm hearing this little, well, humans are going to human. <laughs> like, is it biological? Is it right? Because our, our culture, our surroundings, our nurturing, all of that can be very, very different and then have still have the same problems. That's really interesting. Oh, yeah. yeah. And I love going into these remote tribal regions or, or these uh, like lost civilizations because when I look at, okay, how are you running your companies? And it looks similar to how we're running our companies. I know that's genetic mm-hmm. because we've had no communication. We've had no cross-pollination training. We've had and they're emerging similar to how we're emerging. And, and then I, I love the um, anthropological studies that look at you know, tribal communities for thousands of years ago. And we, we begin to see patterns of, of that. I mean, there was 
one study that came out, she's maybe 10 years ago now, that showed that for some reason, prehistoric tribes never got above, no, I forgot the exact number, but it was something like a couple hundred people. And then I was reading case studies on like the W.R. Gore company who ends up splitting up their groups or their plants when they reach a certain size of 100, 200, 200, 200 people. And I thought, wow, maybe that's who we are as a species. Mm-hmm. Like when we get up too many people, we don't know who we are. We don't know who they are. We don't know, you know how to organize and adapt and be agile. And so therefore we split up and that's a good thing, you know? Because these the bureaucracies cannot occur, you know, and the things that slow us down and actually cause and a lot of research in the life cycle of of companies. And you know, you get to this peak and then you start sliding, and part of the slide is bureaucracy comes in, and that's the preliminary to death of an organization. And so there's been some really great stuff on uh, on life cycle theory. People can look at that and look deeper into it. It was great seeing some of these modern theories become medically justified or anthropologically justified and then proven when we go back, you know, throughout history and see the patterns running. But I did find that leadership style does change every couple thousand years based on our understanding of physics of the universe. And no one's ever published this. In fact, when I did my workshops with these uh, CEO and executive groups, I'm always asking, like, have you heard this before? Have you heard this? Because I want to know, like, am I, am I repeating what somebody else said or is this a new idea? And this one has been fascinating because I, I'm like, you know, your understanding of physics determines how you lead a company. And they're like totally wide-eyed, like, what do you mean? What do you mean? Yeah. Think <laughs> about it. You know, let's go back 10,000 years. You know, you're, you're leading your people. You know, the entrepreneurs were deciding to create an organization and lead it to new markets. That was called migration. You know, the new markets was new were new lands, and that's how we did it. And so we're all migrating out of Africa, going north and east and west. And the people that were leading these groups were using concepts based on like the gods or some magical energies of nature. Now, I, I love the History Channel show where they took one of these tribes and replicated it from an anthropological and archaeologically accurate framework and um it's called the vikings and so a lot of your listeners probably uh, have seen the vikings or they should they should write an action item today to binge vikings this weekend and (laughs) (laughs) i made a i made an extra note there (laughs) (laughs) yeah and and you get to see how we used to lead and how these tribes used to lead and it was like you know the gods or some magical energies and then and then all of a sudden, I noticed that when Isaac Newton showed up and started Newtonian physics, it was more mechanical. It was like, well, it's not really the gods. It's here's the parts of the machine of the universe. The universe is a machine. And here's how the parts of the machine interact and the cause and effect between this machine. And then we started running companies like a machine. We started using words like structure and leverage and process and systems and metrics and and we still use a lot of those words today because it's no longer the gods, it's the machine now. And then I noticed we still are evolving because sometimes we'll have technologies come in like uh, electricity and we get, we get computers and then we get computers networking. And then all of a sudden there was all, the, all these books and papers on the, the networked organization. We're not a machine, we're really a network. And then we, our language changed 
again. And I hear people say all the time, hey, who's in your network? Or let's do some networking. Or you know, like, oh, we think we're in freaking network. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's, it's fun watching the thousands of years go by and how we lead our organization. You know, and there was a book that came out about 10 years ago called The, the New Leadership Science because we have the new, uh, the quantum physics stuff is starting to, that we used to work on many years ago is now becoming publicly more available in terms of the knowledge and information. And, and uh, so, we, so now it's like, oh, wait, maybe we're like a field, you know, like our organization is a field. So we're, now we're back to God's and energies again. So I don't know where we're going to go next. <laughs> yeah. Wow. I, that's, that's so interesting. Cause I'll hear some people who, you know, are maybe more in the spiritual realm who some people laugh and kind of, you know, call them woo woo talk about mm-hmm. quantum physics. Yeah. I'm not a scientist, but there, I believe that there's a lot to that because there's stuff that we'll know intuitively that we'll have sensed or like our cells start responding to things and we start reacting. And I think it's really interesting to hear you saying that, you know, we look at the science of leadership yeah. And we look back all the years and how, like when you're talking about Newton in the book, The Big Leap, Gay Hendricks talks about the difference between Newtonian time, the concept of Newtonian time and the concept of Einstein time and Newtonian time. It's running out constantly, mm-hmm. but in Einstein time, if you can get yourself into flow, it's as if time stands still for you to complete things. And it's, it's not, but mm-hmm. our mind is in a different place, which I think is really interesting. So being, being a non-scientist, I find some of this stuff, you know, really fascinating, way above my pay grade, and I still want to know more. Yeah. yeah really yeah. interesting. And there's more access to it now because we have the web and, mm-hmm. you know, we can put stuff out there and get it. But, you know, the downside is people can put stuff out there. I'm like, there's no right. filter, you know, and before... When we used the web, it was for like military and academic operations. So when I got on the web, I knew that what I was seeing was pretty refined and 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 yeah. real stuff. Yeah. And now I can you know research. I have no idea. Is this person yeah. an idiot? Did they make the stuff up? Is there evidence to support their their theory? So it's <laughs> there's a lot of noise. Yeah. There's a lot of noise out there today. Yeah. And, and the idea of research, right? This is a little bit of a tangent, but you know, a lot of us say, well, I've done my research. No, you, you know, and I do this sometimes. So I catch myself saying, well, I was researching something. No, I was getting curious about something. Right. Research really implies mm-hmm. going deep, peer review, lots and lots and lots and lots and lots of yeah. situations. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, it's uh, different to say, I read some research and mm-hmm. here's all the source than to say, I, I did the research. It's like, well, it's great. Yeah. How did you, yeah. What did good, you do? good on you. <laughs> Did you? <laughs> right, exactly. Very cool. So you have this company and you work with CEOs and entrepreneurs and you teach <clears throat> leadership. And I see that you have, you might have multiple new courses, but in our early correspondence, I saw that you have a new course called, oh gosh, what's it called? I wrote it down. How to Slay Dragons. Uh, And I'm, this title is very intriguing and I'm, I'm assuming it goes back to the samurai concept. So do you want to tell us a little about this course? Yeah, this is a new thing. And we're still kind of uh, just releasing this in in beta and it came out of um, like, uh, I don't know if you're familiar with Simon Sinek and the start with why Mm -hmm. thing, but his coach is Mark Levy and Mark is my coach. So Simon and I have the same coach and he's a, and Mark's a branding guy. I'm just a genius. And, uh, discovery and connecting the dots. And he's the one that actually 
I was going over the samurai research and we were looking at like what's next. And I wanted his feedback. And that's where the dragon thing came up. And he said, I think this is about dragons. So the whole thing came out of that. And I took, like, I have an online course called Becoming Samurai that was really designed for executives and, you know, managers who want to take their leadership to a new level and understand how to, in the samurai way, it sounds a little crazy, but it's understanding the fears and how um, we have to die prop learn how to die properly because death provides freedom and allows us to achieve honor and, uh, and bravery, which a lot of CEOs want more of that in their culture, you know? So it's like, wow, there's no honor and bravery, bravery courses, uh, you know, unless you're in military operations, but it's, uh, so I did this to train CEOs and executives how to become more honorable and brave, but the samurai, I mean, the uh, dragons piece came out of like, wow, we can all use this. And this is where, where um, Mark was really helpful. He, cause he was like, well, you know, we all have problems in life, but some of those problems are horrific and they're chronic and they, they won't go away. And it's like, they can burn us alive. And, you know, and these could be like, you know, failed marriages or stuck careers, or maybe you're an entrepreneur at the end of your rope and you're struggling to, to make something happen. So anything like that, it could be addiction, it could be weight loss, whatever. And so um, we took this ancient research and applied it in this course of how to slay dragons, which allows us to take a look at, do you have a dragon problem? Which is what Mark said was, you know, he brought this as this is about dragon problems, not mm -hmm. typical problems. Like, you know, how do I get the kids to school today? Or how do I do this? These are like these horrific problems. So it was great. So I filmed um, in this room here, uh, this program. And we're now releasing it and tuning it and tweaking it. So I'm excited about that because I never thought about how can we take this ancient research that's now medically validated and scientifically understood and give it out to people to make their lives better. Mm, very cool. Well, I love the idea of being honorable and brave. So we talk a lot about being brave. We talk a lot about resilience, grit, adaptability, mm. agility, all those things. But to be brave, to be courageous, mm -hmm. you know, that's that's very different from fearlessness to me. It's maybe yeah. some people think it's semantics, but it's it's more of an embodied approach to living. And mm. of course, being honorable. I felt my spine straighten actually when you use those words. So I, th I thought, wow, that's you know, this yeah. is good <laughs> yeah. to have a, a physiological response to to words being used in a way that will help humans mm -hmm. tackle or slay the things that might be holding them back. And I'm, you know, I, I love that you've covered a spectrum because everybody's dealing with something yeah. or multiple some things. And it's, you know, it's the day-to-day -day stuff that just puts more on. It's not the actual problem. Those are really the symptoms, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. That's really interesting. So you're, it's in beta right now and you like, do you run a few programs to test it and then get feedback and, and get data? Yeah. Yeah. In fact, yeah. um, by the time this podcast comes out, it may, it may even be, we'll have a page set up so people can look at it and, uh, and buy it if they want. And so what, normally what I try to do is I try to, um, when I do these, is run them through some of our clients or some sort of test base, and then I get feedback, and then we, we tune it or tweak it. But I don't want to become too much of a perfectionist because um, we were talking earlier before we got on the air that a lot of times as entrepreneurs or developers, we want it to be perfect. 
And yet when I talk to, and I have a lot of great people on my, uh, in, in my, one of my advisory board, and it's like, wow, perfection stops progress because you'll mm -hmm. sit there for years trying to get it perfect when, you know, after about 90 days, it was probably good enough. Yeah. And you can always tune it and tweak it later. And, and I think that's true because a lot of times I would put something together and put it out there and it just didn't work. I'm thinking, mm -hmm. wow, I spent a lot of time perfecting All that time. <laughs> it didn't work. Yeah. It's like, why? Here's the brick wall. Here's my head. Banging yeah, 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 yeah. I think that's where the concept of uh, MVP, minimally viable product comes from, mm -hmm. is what's the minimal thing that I can do to test, to release, to learn from. And then if it takes off, we can always add to it. But, mm -hmm. uh, you know, because I always make the mistake of trying to do too much at one time when I should just think, you know, let's just keep it small for now. And, yeah. See the reaction is. I can relate to that. And I'm, I'm willing to bet a lot of our listeners can relate to that too. We have, you know, one is entrepreneurs, we're just kind of wired up differently to think all things are interesting, shiny and <laughs> attractive. <laughs> and so there's, there's a bit of that you know, lack of focus. Um, but also like we're ideas people really. And yeah. so I, I love hearing you say, you know, as someone who's accomplished and gotten to this level of working with you know thousands of CEOs and entrepreneurs that you you also need to check yourself occasionally on that because that's something I do I way over produce and yeah. put like word vomit you yeah. know when I yeah. when I write when I make programs and I want to oh I want to add this and, and I you know I always have a coach a great trusted advisor often my EA will reel yeah. me back in and go, you know, isn't your motto simplicity, you know, that didn't you go, you know, so, you know, simplicity is the ultimate sophistication. And then I worry as I work with really high level professionals, you know, physicians and, and practitioners, and I think they might want more. They don't. Right. <laughs> Simplify this puppy. Give it to me. I'll pay you lots of dollars for it. If it'll actually yeah. change my life and business, let's go. Yeah. yeah so I right. think that that's, you know, I'm, I'm, it's refreshing to hear, a researcher say, yeah, yeah. You know, I, I'm like an 80%, like it's not just Pareto at that 80, 20, yeah. like if, it, if it's 80% complete, it's that's good, good for a beta test. That's, that's yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it is. In fact, I was working did a lot of work with the military over the years and learning a lot from how they, you know, they developed strategy as the concept, you know, thousands of years ago. Mm -hmm. And it was like, uh, you know, a 70% plan today is better than a 100% plan tomorrow. Mm -hmm. so tomorrow may be too late yep and you know if you're an entrepreneur and you're not comfortable with taking action with less than 100 percent information then you probably shouldn't be an entrepreneur mm -hmm. because your life is going to be more functioning from decisiveness and speed and taking risks and in fact i have a book on entrepreneurship that i haven't published yet that i wrote like years ago and i really should get it out there now, which is looking as very controversial. And it says, you know, can you really train for entrepreneurship or is it a biological condition? And a lot of the evidence is showing now you really can train for it because you need to have a certain mentality or uh, consciousness for risk. And a lot of people don't, mm -hmm. don't want to do that. And but yeah. that's what's necessary. To me, that's fascinating. Everyone, I think everyone I've spoken with who's an entrepreneur has said, I don't know. I just, it was like a magnetic draw. It was yeah. like I entered a vortex and I couldn't stop, you know, jumped yeah. in the, the, um, on the water slide. 
Yeah. <laughs> we are screaming and you're thinking, oh my God, what have I done to myself? But here you are. <laughs> you know? right. For me, it was that. I really think that I'm not employable. I mean, I've, I've been an employee. I had a corporate career. I was very good at what I did. I was well-respected, all of that. But I was a horrible employee. I was constantly pushing boundaries and irritating the corporate office and asking why, like a five-year-old, why? I don't understand why. Why does it need to be done that way? I mean, I can see another path. Why can't we take that path, you know? And that's true. I mean, I uh, one, one of my dear friends that I, I get together with every week or two is Cy Wakeman, and she wrote a series of books on reality-based leadership. And what I love about her work is, as opposed to other authors, she actually did it. You know, she wasn't like writing a book about something else somebody else did or mm-hmm. a theory. And and uh, and she's been just, I, I say, I always tell her, Cy, you're an unconscious entrepreneur. You just you do things so well and you don't even think about it. And she is. But when, um, but like you were saying, sometimes you get challenged in ways that are different and the normal structures can't accommodate that. One of the great things in her book, just to give you sort of an example, is like she uh, got challenged by HR because she was running a, a, a hospital a department and it was like, well, we heard you play favorites. And she goes, yeah, of course, don't, don't you play favorites. And the, <laughs> But the theme was, yeah, I play favorites. Do you want to be one? Mm-hmm. And that's a whole different conversation. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, you know, what, is, what does a favorite look like? And, and yeah, I want to be one. And, where can I improve? You know, what am I missing? Uh, how can I get better? What a great conversation to have. But yeah. a lot of times, as you say, if people don't see what you're seeing, you become a problem employed. <laughs> I had a boss pull me aside and say, so <laughs> like, one of, this going to be one of these conversations. And he, he right. said, you know, I think you're too smart for operations. And I was like, mm, I mean, I appreciate that. I do, you know, I, I don't think I'm unintelligent. I don't think I'm too smart. I think I'm too impatient. Uh, yeah. Because, yeah. sorry, sorry to all the operations people. But I mean, if you have a mind for organization and flow, you can figure out operations. It's, I think it can be trained. I'm not saying to anybody, but I think it can be trained and learned. Sure. It was something else that was really my problem as an employee. It was more about who I am. <laughs> Yeah. Ask my parents how fun I was to discipline growing up. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> I have I, I got I got two of them. You know, I'm definitely getting my comeuppance as my mom predicted I would. So yay, yay. Very good. Yeah. Wonderful. <laughs> um, Beautiful. Yeah. Oh, but this is really interesting that there's that you're seeing that there's likely a biological explanation for, yeah. you know, the yeah. entrepreneurs. Because we are sort of you know, we seem to be wired up differently. We seem to look at things differently. We may come to the same conclusions as mm. someone who would rather work under the umbrella of an organization. And thank God for those people, right? Because we need them in our own companies. And, um, but I think about just the people who I know who, who have taken the leap. It's, it's almost always like, I don't know, I just couldn't stop it. Yeah, it is. I and I, that's why I think it. it's so hard to train that. It's just... Mm-hmm. In fact, I, I spoke with um, this some interesting research. Well, in my book, uh, there's a which I haven't published yet. So you got to publish uh, that book. Here's the here's the universal it. nod. Yeah, <laughs> there's, a, there's a chapter that says something like, "People say you're crazy, you know, for being mm-hmm. an entrepreneur." And the point of that chapter is, yes, you are. And then I got deeper into that a lot of entrepreneurs, and I I'm in this category because I've been diagnosed with it. 
have ADD or ADHD. Mm-hmm. And I've talked to cl- national clinics that treat and they say, you know, most of our, our clients are entrepreneurs because mm-hmm. their brain's moving 700 miles an hour versus 50. They're above mm-hmm. the speed limit. And that could be great when you're creating and innovating and seeing what's possible because you're connecting the dots faster than anyone else. But it, it sucks in other ways because now you're trying to relate to people. Maybe you're trying to have a relationship at home and it can be very difficult. So there's a pro and con there. But the point I was making is that maybe uh, these aren't disorders. Maybe these are mental orders. Like maybe we need people with this in society because who else is going to migrate to new worlds? Who else is going to take risks uh, that would like populate the world with different disconnected things, but they can come together. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So you, you look at Steve Jobs and Elon Musk and Richard Branson. I mean, yeah, Richard Branson. I mean, what a great, read about his biography. It's, it's sort of, I don't know if he has a formal biography, but just the cases on his life. You know, he get up and he said, oh, we're going to do records. Well, now we got to go online because the postal problem. And, you know, I like trains. Can we do a train? How about, how about an airline? And let's go into space. I, I like cell phones. Can we do cell phones? This is for breakfast. This is his yeah. breakfast conversation, yeah. right? This is before the coffee. Like, what? Yeah. <laughs> right. yeah, yeah, yeah. In these entrepreneurs' heads, all kind of makes sense because mm-hmm. the brain's moving so much faster. So I, yeah, so I think we need more research to look at. Is this a, a design in their species for allowing progress? And um, I don't know. Stay tuned. We'll see what we end up. Yeah, this is really fascinating. I have my 15-year-old son really struggles with ADHD, and he struggles because he's in a traditional school and we can't convince him at this stage in his life to go to a non-traditional school. So he's Mm -hmm. working hard, Mm -hmm. I think for a very little return. So, you know, and we just keep trying to remind him, look, you don't, one, you don't have to go to college Two, If you decide you want to, you can look at, you know, schools that do things in a different way, a collaborative approach and whatever, you know, that are designed for people who think like you. When he got his diagnosis, the therapist said, when you're like 30, I want to sit down and have a beer with you and hear about how you're changing the world because you will. That's it. So that's it. fasten your seatbelt, you know, hunker down. Adolescence is probably going to be a bear for you. And let's do the best that we can to help you through it. And just remember mm-hmm. your peers will eventually catch up with you. And yeah. I was like, oh my God, this poor kid. Yeah, it's wonderful. You know, he, he forgets it sometimes, but we remind him of that. You know, hey, just, your brain just works differently than most people or than the way the system is designed to expect your brain to work. If he hasn't done it already, I mean, there's you can get online and get a list of everybody that's come out of the closet. Okay, I'm going stars, to. <laughs> artists, and they all came out of the closet. And when he sees that yeah. list, then just remind them, this is yeah. this is your people. Yeah. This is the crowd you belong to. So, he's, you, know. you know, super bright. And you're not, not to like take the conversation toward him, but it just gave me like oh, this perfect. light bulb moment of like, mm-hmm. wow, you know, can relate. I'm undiagnosed. I am certain. I mean, I had a teacher who pulled me aside in second grade and took an interest in me and helped me helped me learn how to finish getting work done instead of going off into La La Land so that I could be still be in the advanced reading group and in the right grade. <laughs> there's a lot. I tell you, there's so much great research now. We know a lot more than we did. And that's why I'm posing. We need more research to say, is this really a disorder? Yeah. I think it's a design. I yeah. think it's, it's needed. And, um, you know, focus at will.com has a, 
a long story short, it's in the my entrepreneur book, but there is a it's using music for learning and to help productivity. Mm -hmm. But there's a section there for ADD and ADHD. And uh, and when I was talking to to when I was doing this research, I said, "What is that music like for a for like for me for an ADHD? Is it like very calming?" And very, he goes, "No, it's like a freaking jackhammer, boom, 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 boom. You know, it's the headbanger music." I said, "You got to be yep. kidding." And, and but it all started making sense that our brains are looking for stimulation at such a high rate. That's why it's hard for us to study because we're wanting, but with, if you have music coming like that, actually I find that it goes, I can't hear the music anymore. And I start focusing. Yeah. And so give it as an experiment. And so for you entrepreneurs out, entrepreneurs out there who have this, do an experiment with it. It's put your earbuds in and plug in. Like he, my son likes to listen to like trancy house music with no words. Yeah. I like to listen to like more like upbeat sort of trancy, but not hard. Ha I, the house, I can't, I, don't, I can't focus very well with the house beat. I like it, but not yeah. while I'm working, but any words. And I start singing or listening to the That's, words. Yeah. There's no words. And in, in this, <laughs> yeah. there's no words. You can't. In, this is like a jackhammer. <laughs> Unless it's in another language. It, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I once, I, this is, this is random, but this might help somebody. Um, I was studying for a certification many, many years ago and I, it standardized test and that's not like my my biggest strength and so i was like but i need all i need is a 70 to pass this test and get this certification so all i'm aiming for is like a 75 right. <laughs> i ended up getting like a 93 but but in the last two study sessions like my sort of cramming and memorizing and and, and all of that i went to a korean bakery I, could, I can't go to a Latin bakery because I speak Spanish. I can't go to any more French. I, can, I can't do any Latin based languages. So I went to this Korean bakery. It was like white noise. I couldn't understand anything. Anybody was saying they had great pastries and hot chocolate. And I got a 93 on that test. So there you go. Perfect. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So it was just like white noise, but it was rhythmic and, you know, a little bit chaotic because it was a super busy, popular place in a very heavily populated Asian community. It was great. It was perfect. <laughs> So the things we learn right now, we actually have some science to help us know this stuff. You know, yes. when, when we were younger, it was, oh, you know, flights of fantasy or whatever, you know, a little scattered. Yes. You know? And now yeah. it's like, I would be curious to see the data on how many entrepreneurs, if we've had a diagnosis or in the ADHD, yeah. ADHD non-neurotypical spectrum, because a lot of people, the people who I've had on the show who have talked about their struggles with, you know, depression, anxiety, or some combination thereof, um, and ADHD have become entrepreneurs in part of their coping and creating a situation for themselves where they have more control and more flexibility to be mm. able to work with what they've got, which yeah. what a concept, wouldn't it be great if we had more of this just in the world? <laughs> yes. Yes. So. Yeah. And it's, we're getting better at it each days go on. It's we're learning yeah. so much more. And I feel, I don't know if, the, if you're seeing this in your research or if you've been doing, you know, watching what's happening with the pandemic, but my observation is a lot of people are really checking in with themselves in this and, you know, hence the great mm -hmm. resignation. And we see people choosing, not just leaving toxic work environments, like that's a whole other topic, but also what suits me as a human. What mm -hmm. fits my, my flow of life? What fits my, you know, maybe even greater moral ethic and all, ethical and all of those, but values, but also what suits me as a human being and how I function best, you know, yes. I think it'll be. Yes. I think we're, a lot of us have been forced to uh, 
That's why I yeah. did the studio on my home and uh, started yeah. filming just because I forced me to go somewhere else. And yeah. And that's, I mean, that's a great thing about being, you know, adaptive humans yeah. is we do have the ability to, to shift and, you know, the great 2020 word pivot, but we can, we can make those changes. And I think entrepreneurs are quite good at that. We're like, oh crap. Okay. Well, the way I was doing things isn't going to work because who knows, you know, we all very adorably thought we might be in six week lockdown. Right. <laughs> so, you know, when those six weeks passed, we're like, all right, again, next, we got to figure this out. I want to keep, you know, I was like, I just want to work. I just want to, I want to serve people. I want to keep doing what I do. Yeah. So, yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, I published that book, please, for me. Uh, <laughs> again, <laughs> like, I will. Yes. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I'll, I don't know what I can do, but I'll help you. <laughs> um, I appreciate it. Yeah. Cause I think, you know, I think we need to, we need to understand ourselves, I think, as entrepreneurs. I think that's something that's really helpful and hearing that there's, you know, that you're starting to see, you know, we do need more research about this and we do need to see, I love, I wrote it down. Maybe it's not a disorder. Maybe it's actually mental order mm-hmm. and we do need diversity and we need, we need people who think and see things differently or else I think we'll get stuck as, as, as a human race. And I don't think that that's going to be healthy for us, you know, yeah. any, in any time spectrum. Yeah. Uh, well, before we sign off, I would love to hear one is tell us where we can find you. If there's anything new and exciting, we'll put all the links in um, oh, sure. the show notes. Where I'm, the, my main site that I really have to go back and update more because we have so many things coming out um, is sagaleadership.com, S-A-G-A. We stole that from the Vikings, S-A-G-A leadership.com. And that'll take you into the uh, into our main homepage. And um I think you do a search on becoming samurai or how to slay dragons. That might take you right to a page as well, but yeah, that's uh, that's a good way. Awesome. Yeah. Well, we'll make sure that we put that in the show notes and direct people that way. Um, I am descended from Vikings. Yes. I come from Icelanders and other, other Nordic folks who, uh, when I grew up in the Pacific Northwest, we went to the Viking parade every year. So you're talking Uh, about uh, Vikings. uh, That's like, Oh yeah. You know, probably a little bit watered down for the parade fanfare but the history is very interesting so that's great cool super awesome well do you have any final thoughts to share with our listeners maybe a bit of wisdom that you'd like to share i would say keep adapting and and, you know the things that got us to where we are sometimes they need to die to give birth to the new things Mm. so i think the quicker we can uh let those things die in our lives to have to go away to get us to the next level the more we're going to accelerate. Mm, that's very sage advice. Well, thank you so much. Just really enjoyed this conversation. I definitely want to check back with you and see what transpires with your course and and uh, the book when you publish it. <laughs> I'm excited to see that come out too. I think that'll sure. be really, you know, really good service to to the people who need to see it. So. Thank you. Well, thank you so much, Don. It's been great. You're welcome. You're welcome. Good to see you and. Uh, I want to support your work too. You're doing some great stuff here. So love to help you get it out there. Thank you. I appreciate that. We'll see you soon. All right. Take care. Thank you for listening to this episode of Entrepreneur Mindset Reset. Be sure to click the subscribe button so you'll never miss a show. 
As you know, reviews are what help your fellow entrepreneurs find the right podcasts for them. So please leave us a review and tell your friends about us so more people can hear the valuable information we share in each episode. If you are a medical practice owner and you're struggling with overwhelm from the daily business operations and decisions and trying to manage your time and all that juggling, schedule a talk with me by visiting my website at tracytrapesky.com forward slash medical hyphen practices. Link is in the show notes. We look forward to hearing from you and celebrating your success.